hello. Welcome to another episode of the Crazy Ex-Wives Club. I'm your host, Erica, and today is a solo episode. We're going to dive into an amazing book that'll really help shift your mindset. So let's get started. Welcome to the Crazy Ex-Wives Club, a podcast dedicated to helping women navigate the emotional journey that is divorce. I'm your host, Erica, and if you're trying to figure out life after the big D, welcome to the club. Whether you're contemplating divorce or dealing with the aftermath or any of the many phases in between, the club has got you covered. Each week, you'll hear stories from women who have been in your shoes. This isn't about spilling tea and divorce details. This is about giving you the tools to take control of your own healing journey. Listen in weekly for advice, tips, and tools to help you move through each stage of the process. Hey guys, it's your host, Erica. Welcome back to another week of the Crazy Ex-Wives Club. Today, I want to talk about one of the books that really helped to change my mindset. You know, the whole point of this podcast was to give you, the listeners, the tools, the techniques, the tips to help you navigate your own healing journey. And a lot of my healing journey came through different books, different reading material, right? It's always so interesting how the right book finds you at the right time. You might not even finish it. In fact, I am a serial book starter, non-finisher. I see a book, I buy it. There are piles of books all over my house. I start reading it. It's almost as if I get the piece I need to out of it. And I am now content. The book gets put down. Some of them never get picked back up. A handful get read over and over and over. So we are going to make sure to go through and look at each of these books that have really helped to bring me the next step or the next level along my journey. So today we're actually talking about a book I just recently found on Amazon. It had kind of caught my eye. I had seen it. I had put it on my wish list. I had moved on. Then it kind of kept popping up and popping up. And I finally purchased it, sat down, got it, and it is a super cute, very simple book. It's called Don't Believe Everything You Think, but oh my Lord, is the stuff in this book so powerful. So today I am going to grab some of the quotes, the little highlighted pieces, and we're going to talk through how you can start to shift your mindset because the reality is, is that our suffering, right? Our pain is actually coming from the thoughts we think. Lots of people have the same experience, right? Uh, lots of people have had betrayal happen in their marriage. Not everybody has chosen to feel the same level of pain around it. So you might not want to hear this, but the root of all of your suffering is actually the thoughts that you think. Now, my journey on learning about the thoughts we think started years ago, probably the first tiptoeing into this concept that thoughts create your reality, create your emotions, kind of create everything that you experience was with the movie called The Secret. So Rhonda Byrne has the movie. There's a whole bunch of books. We will definitely highlight those on a different day. But that led me from The Secret to Abraham Hicks to really getting into the core power of what it means to consciously create your world. Now, flash forward to this summer when I found Don't Believe Everything You Think. And what I love 
about this book is that it takes what seems to be a very complex topic, right? There are lots of people that want to teach you about how to manifest, right? And distills it down in a very simple manner in about a hundred pages. You could sit down and read it in an instant. But what to me is the most important part about this book, because it's not this is not about manifesting. We will talk about manifesting at a later date. This is the first step. And the first step is starting to understand and to believe that your feelings, how you see the world, the experiences you have are all stemming from how you choose to think about something. And so it goes back to you are the conscious creator of your life. You are the only one who can decide when it's ready to move forward in your own healing journey, right? If you've listened to some of the other episodes, this topic has come up time and time again, that divorce is grief. Divorce is a huge loss, not only of a person, not only of the dream you had for your marriage, not only of the future family that you thought you were going to have, the extended family, the friends, the plan you had. And some people stay in that grief forever. Some people continue to believe that they are always a victim to the circumstances that are around them. And other people choose to believe that they can see things differently. They can choose to feel differently about things. And when you choose to see things differently and feel things differently, guess what? New things show up, new paths, new opportunities. You're moved forward in your journey. So let's dive into Don't Believe Everything You Think. So this is written by Jason Nguyen. I got this one off Amazon. You guys, I will link it in the details of the podcast. I also will try and get it set up on my website, but you know, there's always so much to do. So the first thing that I highlighted that I want to quote for you from his book is that what I know to be the truth from the depths of my soul is that you will not be the same person you were after you read this book. Now, I think that statement of, you know, one of the things I know from the depth of my soul is that you will not be the same person after you go through something big, whether that is an aha and shift in your mindset, whether that is your divorce, all of this changes who you are, even really down, in my opinion, down to your cellular level, right? Going through experiences not only rewires you, but changes your makeup into someone new. So what he continues on to say, is that the only constant in life is change. Growth is an inevitable process of life. So for me, right, the only thing that's inevitable is change and growth is inevitable. I love that. I love that. I mean, not only have I always been obsessed with self-growth and improvement, but I think that the aha when you're sitting in a place of maybe things aren't going so well for you and you wish they were different, it's not always going to feel like this. It's not always going to look like this. You are going to be called forward into growth. And the only thing that you can decide, right? Change is going to happen. Growth is going to happen. How do I want to do it? Do I want to lean into the growth and the opportunities that life is calling me forward into? Or do I want to sit back and fight them? Do I want to, it's, you know, like riding the wave. Am I leaning forward on the front of the wave to let the momentum and the power move me forward into something new? Or am I pulling back? Am I on a little bit of a bumpy road trying to fight the way that I am being catapulted forward? So change is inevitable, you guys. And so is growth. Some people do 
but rarely do people truly stay in one place. Little pieces of growth or big pieces of growth are available to you every single day. And it really isn't just doing the work one step at a time. He also included a quote from Sheryl Sandberg, which I will read to you right now. We cannot change what we are not aware of. And once we are aware, we cannot help but change. I love that quote from Sheryl Sandberg because so often in any sort of life experience, we choose to stay unaware. We choose to stay avoidant. We choose not to look at the things until they get so big and so uncomfortable, we have no other choice but to change. So when you're looking at life, right? When you're looking at where you're at, where you are at right now in your life and in your healing journey, when you start to become aware of the things that no longer serve you, when you start to become aware of the pieces that don't feel good, or when you start to become aware of the things that you really want, what are you desiring? What are you calling in more of? It's impossible to put it away. It's impossible to sweep it under the rug. It's impossible to just say, well, maybe someday I'll come back to it. Because that inner calling, that desire for change is going to continue to grow. Your homework, your goal is that you've got to figure out how to release the resistance and lean into the change so that it's not difficult, right? When change becomes painful, it's because we're fighting it. Changing our, our belief patterns, our thought patterns, it hurts us when we fight the change we're being called into. So this is all about how do we rewire you so you can just, just gently lean into it, just gently move forward into moving on to what you're really looking for. So the next thing that I want to read from Don't Believe Everything You Think is Jason Nguyen quotes, and he says, the secret lies within the feeling. This is the one sentence to take away that your entire life, your entire life can change if you know that secret. And that is actually the secret that Rhonda Byrne talked about in the movie too. When you know that the secret is truly how you choose to feel about something, and I choose to feel about something, you choose how you want to feel in every experience. When you learn that the secret to life, to living a life with more happiness, more joy, more abundance, less fear, less anger, less suffering, when you learn that the secret is how you choose to see it and what feeling you choose to activate, your entire life can change. So think about right now, think about something that you're not happy with. Let me use an example outside of relationships. When I was in a previous job, gradually then suddenly things were not going well. I wasn't getting along as well with my coworkers. I was really not enjoying the time that we were having in meetings. My boss was really, really frustrating for me. We were often not seeing eye to eye. In fact, kind of opposites on how we felt problems needed to be solved. And every time I showed up at work, I was choosing the feeling of being frustrated. I was choosing the feeling of being annoyed that they just didn't get what I was trying to say, that nobody was hearing me, that my boss wasn't listening to me, right? That every one of these meetings was just a waste of time. And what do you think happened? I had more attitude in meetings. I was less helpful in meetings. Overall, I'm sure I wasn't a pleasant peach. <laughs> and I had the opportunity to see things differently. 
if instead when I showed up to those frustrating meetings with my boss, the old mindset of this is going to be frustrating, this boss is not going to understand what I'm trying to communicate, I'm not going to understand what this boss is trying to communicate, and we're going to leave and I'm still not going to be able to do anything. That's mindset one. The other mindset is I could have flipped that and I could have instead said, this is an opportunity for me to learn how to deal with a different personality. This is an opportunity for me to see if there's a different way I need to look at this. This is an opportunity for me to let go of trying to control the outcome and just see what might come from co-creating together. Now, in either of those mindsets or thought patterns, nothing changed about the meeting right? The meeting was still going to happen. It still had the same people in it. We still had the same tasks that we had to solve, but how I chose to feel about that meeting changes how you show up, right? It changes how irritated you get in that meeting. If I can let go of control, if I could have just turned it over instead of still trying to be the right answer, I think that those last few years would have flowed a lot differently. I think that I would have gotten ready to leap a lot sooner, but instead I was resisting. Instead, I was fighting. I wasn't finding the flow, finding the gift, leaning forward into, how is this serving me? Instead, I was trying to control everything and I was trying to decide what I knew the best answer to be. So as Jason says, the secret lies within the feeling. In each and every moment, you have the opportunity to change how you want to feel about something. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden you should be happy and ecstatic when your ex shows up and is disrespectful, lacks boundaries, and is overall just a complete and utter asshole. You don't have to like that. That's not what I'm saying by recommending that you learn how to change your feelings. What I'm saying is, is that that person can act that way and you don't have to pick up the emotional drama around it. You can choose to leave their shit at the door and you choose to instead focus on something that you love, focus on something that brings you joy. So the secret is in the feeling. The next piece that I highlighted in this book that I want to share with you is when I read it, I was actually getting my hair done. I was getting my color done, did at the salon, reading and highlighting away in the corner while I was processing. And I felt like I wanted to scream it from the rooftops because so often, so often we look outside of ourselves for answers, right? We go outside of ourselves to create the standards of what it means to be successful of what it means to be beautiful, of what it means to be living a happy life. I mean, think about right now, the rules you have in your mind for what it means to be successful, happy, and living an abundant life. Whose rules are those? Did you create them or did society create them? My guess is they're kind of being driven by what society says right? You have to own your own house or your own car. You have to be working in a job. You have to be making so much money, right? You have to have enough money to be able to travel. I mean, think about how many judgments we create on whether or not somebody is thriving or living a successful life based on the external factors that we see. Do we see and judge how nice or new their car is? Do we see and judge how fit or active they are? Do we see and judge how much money we think they're making? We do it all the time. We do it all the time because we 
have lost our ability to go inside and connect with ourselves. So the next passage I want to read for you is Jason says, don't read this book for information, read it for insight. Insight or wisdom can only be found within. That's why it's called insight inside, in sight, looking within. To find everything you're looking for in life, you must look inside yourself and discover the wisdom that already exists within you. All the answers lie deep in your soul, but you have to be quiet and aware enough to hear them. So one of the gifts of going through any big life transition is sometimes there's a little bit of time, right? If you're transitioning between jobs, transitioning between relationships, transitioning from before divorce to post-divorce, there is going to be an amount of time for you to reflect. One of my favorite words, pondering, pondering, right? How often do we really spend time pondering anymore? We live in a society that is so fast paced, so always on the go, right? Think about the fact that your phones, your phones used to be hooked to a wall. They never went with you. And then the upgrade was getting an answering machine, right? Things my child will never know. <laughs> Having an answering machine. And you had to wait to get home to see if you had any missed calls or messages, right? Then we got an upgrade and cell phones came with us. And then all of a sudden, cell phones meant that work email was now connected to that cell phone, right? And now you're able to pop in and look at your work email any hour of the day. And now you're starting to respond to them. You jump forward into 2020 when we were working remotely and we all lost our work-life balance boundaries, right? We all just started doing as much work as we could when we could and squeezing it in around the fact that if you had kids, you were now homeschooling kids on top of it while still trying to maintain a nine to five or an eight to five job, right? Our work-life boundaries have been depleted because our society is constantly asking us to go faster. I mean, one of my favorite examples actually has been, now that my son's a little bit older, he's 12 and he's getting into music. Well, he's always been into music, but he's getting, he's getting into some of the songs I grew up on. <laughs> so he will be rocking out and it'll be a song. And I'm like, dang, like I was listening to that in high school. And so it got me all excited. And I started pulling up other music that I used to really like, and I'd play it for him. And I'd play the song back that I hadn't heard in years. And I'd be like, wow, it feels so slow now. Like this jam, this beat that used to be like the thing that we were rocking out to in the car feels so slow compared to the tempo of music right now. As a society, we're speeding up, right? You used to have to drive everywhere. Now you can fly. You used to have to fly. Now you can just teleconference in and you're instantly with people wherever you want to be in the world. We are speeding up. And when we speed up, we lose the time that used to be spent pondering, reflecting, looking inside ourselves to figure out what do we want? What do we desire? What do we like? Something as simple as asking yourself, what do you want to do next can help you change your ability to find that insight, right? Giving yourself permission to sit quietly for five minutes every day, whether that's in the morning or maybe it's on a lunch break or how about five minutes before you go to bed. If you give yourself permission to just sit quietly and reflect on your day, reflect on something that makes you happy. Those five minutes will transform the rest 
of the 24 hours of your day. I guarantee it. If you do the five minutes before bed, so right now I've been picking back up some of my habits from before. What I've noticed is that when I was single and before launching my business, two big things that take a lot of time, right? When it was just me, myself, and I, and my son, I had a lot of free time. I built a lot of rituals because I had all this open free time. I kept adding new rituals, new activities to my day that brought me joy, that helped me feel good, that gave me insight, that helped me line up and attune to my inner knowing. And when life got busy again, they got thrown out the window right? My nightly yoga and meditation was not happening. My daily kundalini yoga to line up my energy was not happening. My walks three times a day were definitely not happening because my dog had passed. So I didn't have to go out on the walks. And so all of these things that used to be tools to keep me in alignment have been gone. And that's okay because time changed, right? I'm in a new season, but what I crave is the tool to help me get back into alignment. I crave being in alignment more often while still being able to maintain the busyness that is my current reality, which means I had to look at, okay, the old things of a 60 minute or 45 minute yoga to meditation every night is not fitting in so well. Can I squeeze in five minutes? So I started to add five minutes probably not even, but five minutes before I went to bed every night. I finished getting ready for bed, right? Take the makeup off, brush your teeth, put your body lotion on and get in bed. When I get in bed, I place my hands on my heart or a hand on my heart and a hand on my belly, right? And I close my eyes and I think back through my day, just the one day of how blessed and lucky I am. I think about all the things that I loved for the day. I love that there's community, that there's support. I love that I got the, you know, TikTok or the reel or the post posted. I love that I'm getting to bring this podcast to life. I love that I get to do the work that my heart wants to do, right? Find whatever happened in your day and just reflect on how good that thing made you feel. If you are still in the throes, right? So maybe you spent most of the day being really sad. That's okay. I want you to think about those few moments when you weren't sad. How good did that feel? How good does it feel to know that you can tune into the podcast or that you can hire a coach to help you, right? Find the things, even if you can only find one, find something in that day that made you happy, that made you line up to your inner knowing of just how good things can be and revel in how good it felt. Feel it again, think through it again, bring that back to life. Do that every single night before you go to bed and I guarantee within a few weeks, your life will start to change. You'll find yourself in more alignment or happiness. you find yourself happier longer throughout the day. You'll find that the irritations that used to really set your life spinning in the wrong direction are a little bit less intense now. You're a little bit better able to navigate them, right? Five minutes. At the end of the day, it helps you sleep better. It helps you reset. If you want to do it at the beginning of the day, it's something that is called pre-paving, right? You are pre-paving the goodness of your day. If you start your day, you wake up, lay in bed, think about, ooh, how nice does it feel? How warm are my covers? Or if it's hot right now, it's really hot by me. So how beautiful and cool is my air conditioner? I love how cool I feel. I love the colors in my bedroom. I love how the light comes in in the morning. I love waking up 
up feeling rested, just start flowing on what you love. If you do it at the beginning of your day, it'll set your intention for the rest of your day. You are casting out in front of you the energy, the emotion, the feeling. Remember what the secret was? The secret was that feelings are the heart to everything. The emotions are the heart to everything. So if you start your day, cast out the emotions ahead of your path and then spend the day running to catch up to more feelings that feel like that. So again, you have control, you have power at any moment for you to be able to shift and rewrite or rewire how you want to feel about something. You might be thinking, okay, Erica, that's really, really nice, except for you don't understand how difficult my ex is or how difficult my job is. Like it's just driving me insane and my stress level is through the roof. I hear you. I know it. And trust me, I have been there as well. The process is the same. The difficulty is that you have a lot of momentum. There's a lot of energy already going and flowing towards the irritation, the stress, the hate towards that other person. And the challenge then is in every moment asking yourself, does this feeling help me feel better or worse? And if the answer is worse, your next question is, well, do I want to keep feeling this way or do I want to choose to feel things differently? And if you want to choose to feel things differently, then it's about reflecting on how can you feel things differently. The next quote I want to bring you from Don't Believe Everything You Think is that Buddhists say that anytime we experience a negative event in our lives, two arrows fly our way. Being physically struck by an arrow is painful. Being struck by a second emotional arrow is even more painful. That's the suffering, right? Every experience, every life event brings you two arrows. There is the event that happened and there's the emotion that is tied to it, right? The event that happened, your divorce, it happened. The emotion that's tied to it, are you still grieving? Have you moved into anger? Are you starting to find contentment, right? that second arrow is often the one that stays stuck. First arrow passes through, it's done, the event is over. But that second arrow gets lodged in our systems. It gets lodged in our emotional body and we carry it and, and hold it with us constantly. Every time you move, you're hitting that arrow, it's bringing you more pain. You're going out with friends, they're all married. Ouch, that arrow hurts, that was pain. My kid doesn't have his dad at his birthday. Ouch, that arrow, that's the pain. So how can you release those emotional arrows that are stuck in your life? In fact, one of your other take-homes that I would love for you to do is I want you to think through what are those emotional arrows that are still stuck in you and visualize them in your body. Are they stuck in your back? Are they wounding in your side? Are they in your arms, your shoulders? Where are these arrows, these emotional arrows? Where are they in your body? And where do they show up in your emotions? And then one by one, remember we talked in the beginning, once you see it, the Sheryl Sandberg quote, once you see it, you can't ignore it anymore. You got to fix it. So find your arrows, find those emotional arrows that are stuck, visualize them in the body and pick one to start to work through. Pick one, an easy one that you want to pull out. I really get annoyed at traffic in the morning. Okay, let's rewire that. Let's end the suffering of what is your morning commute. 
how can you rewire your thoughts on what your morning commute is? So now you get in the car, do a little pre-paving. This drive to work is going to be what it's going to be. I'm going to turn it over and be open to something changing in my drive. I hope that there's some fun songs that I can listen to, or I hope that I got a great podcast that I've got put on. I hope that there's no traffic, right? Ponder through what would make this drive to work so enjoyable. My drive to work would be enjoyable if I just got to easily flow in and out, maintain my speed that I like to maintain, flow in and out of the other cars. Either they move out of my way or I'm able to just gently maneuver around them so they're not interrupting my flow. The music is on point. I'm doing a little carpool karaoke and I got my favorite tea or coffee in the car. I roll into work right on time with enough time and zero frustration to start my first meeting. Pull that arrow out. Pull the emotional arrow out. Look at it. Figure out how can you change this. As you get better at being able to pull the emotional arrows out from small issues, you can start to shift that to look at the big issues, right? How can you reframe your mindset on working with your co-parent? How can you reframe your mindset around learning to trust somebody again? It is all about choosing how you want to feel about something and acknowledging when you're not ready. You might not be ready to trust somebody yet, and that's okay. You don't have to do it all in one day, but when you're ready to pull back that layer, you will. When you're ready to remove that arrow and move on, you will. So I hope you guys enjoyed. That's just a little snippet. I can't tell you how many more pieces I have highlighted throughout this book. It was a super easy read, a super fun time to be like, oh my gosh, that, yes, that, yes, that. I mean, he took things that I spent years studying, working on embodying and brought them to life very concisely again in about a hundred pages. So I love, don't believe everything you think. I hope our little summary of it today is going to help you open your mind. Remember that how you choose to see something, how you choose to feel about something is what creates more of that same thing. That the secret to changing your life is learning how to change how you want to feel about something and not picking up the baggage that is not yours. And that in every event, right, there are two arrows that hit you. The event arrow hurts, but the emotional arrow that comes up afterwards is the one that lingers, is the one that gets stuck. So take some time, look at those arrows that are stuck in your body and start to remove them. Find your five minutes a day, five minutes in the morning or five minutes before you go to bed. Or if you just had a really stressful meeting, go for a walk and take five minutes to refocus yourself on something great. It is something as simple as that. Five minutes to refind your heart-centered alignment from whatever knocked you out, you can bring yourself right back in. So thank you guys for joining me. I hope you are having a great week and we'll see you again next time. And that's it. Another great episode of the Crazy Ex-Wives Club, a podcast for women learning how to heal from their divorce. Tune in next week for more advice and tips to help you figure out life after divorce. And until then, give yourself grace. Do the best you can and know that this is all part of the process.